Welcome to Dragonfire Books, episode 33. Due to the fact that um, it's been a month since my last recording, we have lots of different books to talk about today. I just jotted some down that I've been seeing you read, and there's a healthy baker's dozen there. So yeah. what's what have you been spending time on, other than rereading Aristotle and Dante? What other new books have you been looking at? Um, okay, so one of those is Stories and Poems for Extreme... Extremely Intelligent Children of All Ages by by Harold Bloom. Can I interject? Yeah. So Harold Bloom, I think he just died last year, maybe. He did lots of stuff, but I think he was most famous for like his scholarship on Shakespeare. But I just, that book, the title is just so amazing. So you've started it. What what, about, what kind of stuff is in there? About a quarter of the way through. Mm-hmm. It, it, so it's divided into four sections. Um, spring, summer, autumn, and winter. And right now I'm reading through summer. There's not really any difference between them. It's just, um, it's just, so it's kind of like chapters. And so it's usually like a story that's like a page or two, you know, like classics, just by like dead famous people. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, does it make you understand why they're famous when you Um, read their work? They're pretty good. I liked the um, Remarkable Rocket. Mm-hmm. But it was funny because the rocket was, like, super full of himself. And all the other fireworks were, like, they didn't like him because he was so, like, full of it. Oh, wait. So he, he it was from the perspective of a firework? Mm-hmm. That's cool. And then the, it ends with him, like, basically getting wet. And then getting <laughs> thrown into a fire. And then does he not go off because he's No, he goes wet, off. Or, oh. Um, yeah. He did not learn his lesson. Does Howard Bloom provide any commentary on the stuff, or it's really no. just stuff he's chosen and then he... That would be cool. It's just stuff he's chosen. All right, what else? Next on the line of books that I have not finished yet is Flowers for Algernon. It's really sad. It's about a man named Charlie. If I'm remembering correctly, he has, like, a mental disability. Then he's chosen as, like, an experiment for, like, some like study that makes people smarter there's also a mouse that's that's what that's what the mouse uh, the mouse is algernon and the mouse has already undergone the experiment and so the mouse is super smart and yeah oh before we go any further um there is one book that i did finish by um by lauren wolk i read echo mountain and wolf hollow Echo Mountain was okay. It was a decent book. I liked Wolf Hollow much more. Echo Mountain is about a girl who lives on a mountain and, like, they raise dogs and stuff. And there's, like, a puppy that she's trying to save. Then she meets, like, an old lady who's, like, suffering. And she's, like, in pain. And so she's trying to help her. That w- that book was decent, like I said. But, there were, but, I, but I just could not stand the main character, Ellie. She was so, like, self-obsessed and so arrogant. It was, like, crazy. So do you think the author was trying to do that on purpose? And, like, did she have any growth? No, I don't think the author was trying to do it on purpose. But she was just... Like, there was one sentence where it was, like, I had named the mountain Ellie's Mountain in my head. Like, okay. I don't think that that needed to be included. I see. Well, what about Wolf Hollow? What was that about? Wolf Hollow is about a girl who... Um, it's, like, the 1940s, and she lives in, like, a town, and there's this new girl named Betty, 
that Betty is, like, super sweet with adults and stuff, but she's, like, really mean. And then she, like, she blames an older man, Toby, who is, who's, like, a veteran. And he's friends with the protagonist. It's, it's a very good story. But I don't know how I felt about the ending. Well, is that one a standalone, or is there gonna, did you say there was gonna be a sequel? Yeah, there's gonna be a sequel. It's called My Own Lightning. It was in, um, The Week Junior. What about The Life of Pi? Oh, Life of Pi. Yeah, that was good. I liked that book. It was very gory. What kind of book would you say it was? Like, what the style of the book was? I think I'd say realistic fiction, but there are some parts that are just so weird. And the fact that it's about a boy who's as lost at sea on a lifeboat with a tiger is not very realistic. Well, so, like, what... I mean, the fact that... It, well, okay, so maybe we start with what the story's about. Yeah. So, the story is about a boy, and his name is Piscine, which is French for swimming pool. So, he goes by Pi. He and his family are on a ship to Canada. They're immigrating to Canada. So, they used to own a zoo. And they were on the same ship as all the animals from their zoo that were being bought by, by um, North America. And so the ship sinks, and he ends up on a lifeboat with a zebra, a hyena, and a lion. Oh, and the orangutan. All of those are killed and eaten by each other, except for the tiger. So he's alone with the tiger for, like, a long time. Like, the better part of a year. And I like, like, the part at the end where he's in an interview, and they, the interviewers don't believe him. One part that I found a little weird but also kind of making sense, is the carnivorous tree island. Where it was, like, this island, and it was, like, drifting, like, along the ocean. And it was really nice that except at night, the algae was, like, poisonous, and the trees were carnivorous. So there were these holes in the island, and, like, fish, like, dead fish and sharks and stuff would just keep popping up. That's how I found out that it was a poisonous island. Wow. Do you think that exists in real life? I mean, the part about, like, the aquatic meerkats seemed a little weird, but... <laughs> it seems like that book was realistic in some ways, but also kind of magical, fantastic mm-hmm. in other ways. Like, do you think the author is telling you that all those things happened exactly as they did? Or do you think that the author maybe is saying something about how the boy processed all of the things that happened? Because he's just a boy, right? How old is he? Um, He's a teenager, I think. You know, I think they made a movie out of that. Yeah, I remember it was on... It was either HBO Max or Hulu. Maybe we should watch it, huh? Yeah. It could go also kind of scared because it was a very gory book. With the animals killing each other, you mean? Yeah, and he told, like, the separate story to the um, interviews because they didn't believe him. And he kind of, like, replaced all the animals with people. Like, his mom and a cook and a sailor. Oh, Do you remember that part? No. Um, that part was even more gory with, like, cannibalism and stuff. And I was like, okay. But... My thing for me, the most interesting part of the book was how how the boy and Richard Parker, which is the name of the tiger, like learned to coexist with each other. Like he used like a whistle and he like trained Richard Parker to obey him. Well not obey him, but like not kill him. That was the most interesting part of the book for me. Awesome. I saw you finish this other one at swim practice the other night, The Invention of Hugo Cabret. Oh yes. By David Rumnick, David Selznick, uh, yeah, Brian I Selznick. I don't know. Anyways, the invention of Hugo Cabret, which 
the reason you read it is because we saw that it was adapted into a movie and we're like, yeah. oh, that movie looks kind of good. And so then, tell- no, but I, but the funny thing is, you put that book on my bed, like, a couple of weeks before that, and so I was like, hey! Oh. <laughs> and then we saw, and then we were looking um, for movies on HBO Max, and then it was, like, on there, and it was, like, Hugo, and um, then we looked at the trailer, and you were like, oh my gosh, this sounds like a movie, like a book that I gave you. That is totally what I sound like. Yeah, and <laughs> so, um, I read the book. It's, um, it's a very unique book. It's, like, not very much words. There's a lot of pictures, like, drawings, and I think the most fun part for me of was not the actual book, but the afterword, because there was a thing about this man named Georges something, um, because the book takes place in France, and apparently he was actually, like, a real person, and so it was, like, inspired by that person and his life, and so I think that was a really cool So he story. was the inspiration for the little boy character? No, the, um, the old man in the oh, book. Oh, okay. So, yeah, just from, because I, I didn't read the book, just from seeing the preview, it looks like, like, there's a young boy who is orphaned or something, and then he, yeah. he interacts with this older man who's maybe an inventor or something? Um, yeah, but he's not very nice at the beginning of the story, but then he's gonna get nicer. What about, I think you read two versions of the crossover by, is it Kwame Alexander? No, I didn't, I didn't read the original version, I just read, I just read the graphic novel. Well, tell us about that. I don't know why, but I have trouble, like, reading graphic novels really, like, slowly and really understanding each page. Mm-hmm. I kind of just skim them, I don't know. But it's about a boy with a twin brother, and they both, like, do basketball, but, like, then one of them has like a girlfriend and the other one is like sad now because his twins not spending as much time with him and then the dad dies and so it's like a whole thing and so it's is it from the perspective of the lonelier twin or is yes. it sort of like a third person thing it's from the perspective of the lonelier twin like sort of like aristotle and dante like it's not just about ari and dante's relationship it's like about everything yeah speaking of aristotle and dante you read another book by Benjamin Sines called The Inexplicable Logic of My Life. Oh, I love that book. It, it's about a kid named Sal, and his parents are dead, so he was adopted at birth by his mother's best friend, and they have, like, a really good relationship, you know? It's just about, like, sort of like Aristotle and Dutton, which is to be explained to him by the same author, but just about, like, his life in that t- span of time. Like, his best friend, Sam, what she goes through at her home, his friend Fido, who gets kicked out of his home. Yeah, it's a good book. I didn't like it as much as Ari and Dante, but it's not as poetic, but it's it was good. What about, um, this is like definitely on the lighter side. You read a book, a romance novel, and its sequel. So the first one was called What If It's Us, and the second one was called Here's To Us. And I feel like you just blew through those and they were just, like, yeah. fun weekend read sort of situation? They were. So how My did you find out about those? Beca- okay, so it's because I was on a rabbit hole from... It started with They Both Die at the end, and then it just went down. But it's by Adam Silvera, who wrote They Both Die at the end. And Becky Albertalli... I think my favorite part of those books, in summary, was all of the Hamilton references. It made me glad that I had watched Hamilton before because I wouldn't have got anything. <laughs> and then I felt like it also could have related to Ben in those moments where, like, Arthur is, like, quoting Hamilton, like, the my shot quote. And then Ben, like, didn't get it. 
and then Arthur was like super surprised when he's like, "You ever watch Hamilton?" He's like, "Who are you? How can you exist on this earth?" Yeah, <laughs> and then um, Arthur like says, "I can't remember," but something about how Hamilton fans are called something. It was Hamil fans, I think. Um, but yeah, so that was fun. So that's sort of a newer genre for you, kind of like light romantic fiction. I mean, there were definitely some parts that were not as lighthearted, but in general, it was pretty. Yeah. Did I see that you did end up giving John Green another try? Will Grayson, Will Grayson? Okay, so that was a, that was like a collaboration with another author that you did. What was it the about? Con- the concept was cool. It was like um, two boys named Will Grayson meet. And it was pretty cool. It's not really about, they don't really have much of a relationship. It's more like about them separately. So it's about their two separate lives and there's not really any overlap? Well, there is a lot of overlap. It's just not really about them in particular being friends. I can tell just from your tone of voice and your body language that you didn't love it. Like, I didn't love it. Like I said, I just couldn't really connect with it. And is that is that sort of the I same issue you had I with, didn't hit it. with not... Fault in Our Stars? Yeah. So... I just feel like, I don't know what it was about it. I guess it's just, I guess he's just not my author. Maybe, yeah. maybe if I read, may, maybe I'll read Turtles All the Way Down. I think you're listening to. And if I don't love that, then I'm just going to be done with John Green. Maybe I'll wait a couple of years and see if yeah, I Yeah, maybe can. that's part of it. Like, maybe, because his characters tend to be in their teen years. You know, maybe it's that that's keeping you from connecting really strongly with them. But you read a lot of other books where you connect with older characters, so I don't know. We talked in your last episode about how you're sort of changing the kind of books you're reading and stuff, but going back... Oh my gosh, Aru Shah! Yes! So, like, okay. of course you had to step back into your middle-grade fantasy comfort zone because of the finale of this series. Yeah, so... Aru Shah and the Nectar of Immortality finally came out. It's the fifth one in the Pandava. I guess you can't call it a quartet anymore. But it's just... I've been reading that series since the second one came out. It's been a long time. So the, other one, so the, so the fourth one came out uh, like about a month before my birthday um, last year. So like November, December. And I was really excited for that. And then I had just been waiting for this one. And it said summer 2022. And I was like, no, that's so long. But then it came out in like late spring and I was like yay but it is kind of sad that it's over I kind of hoped that Boo would be back to his like normal self or that he would at least be talking but no he's still like just a little baby firebird reincarnation were there issues that were resolved in this book that made it feel like an like a final book to you one thing I was a bit curious about was where Hero went because she was in the second or third book. I can't remember which one it was. And she was there, and she was, like, this shape-shifting girl. And then suddenly she's just gone. Like, she, there, she's mentioned, like, a lot of times, but she's never there. Like, it never mentions whatever happened to her. And then at the end, I kind of wish there had been more development with the and, like, more focus on the other characters. I mean, the thing is... For ever since the character of Kara was introduced in the fourth book, that's the sister. I hated her, and she's just so. I just don't like her. She's so perfect, and it's just, but not like. A lot of times, good authors can make the characters the perfect, the seemingly perfect characters have their own flaws and stuff, and that really gets you to like them. But with Kara, I just couldn't, especially when she like she suddenly came back, and they weren't even mad at her. Like, she betrayed them in the fourth book, and then, like, no, they weren't mad at her. They were just like, oh my gosh, Kara, you're back. I am a Rushdie Chalkshee fan, but again, with Kara, I just couldn't. 
in the, in the second book in her star touched duet which i think i've talked about she has like a big part about the vishakhanyas poison maidens who um in hindu lore are girls who are fed poisonous diets from birth and so they gradually become so if they touch you then you die or anything it dies and so um there are vishakhanyas here and they've been like abused and used and so there was definitely she definitely has some sort of metaphor going on with that as also in the crown of wishes um where one of the most one of my favorite characters from that duet is introduced sort of like your deadly theory what deadly theory no your deadly theory oh yeah i can't believe you remember that you're right that absolutely is my deadly theory it's not his fault that he was spoiled yeah that's a really big question like at what point do you hold someone accountable for their actions because they're grown and responsible for themselves as a human being on this earth versus like yeah. an empathy and an understanding of where they came from and why they are the way they are i don't know yeah. i never i always have a really hard time with that okay so so there are a couple speak as long as we're on the topic of the rick Rorden imprint there are two oh, yes. books coming out that are like related and i just have to say i think it is so incredible that you have been the perfect age to grow up with percy heroes of olympus apollo and now unbelievably rick Rorden is moving into young adult territory exactly. at the exact moment where you're starting young adult the novels. thing is the one thing is i think i read the percy jackson novels much earlier than most people do because um i saw a meme once and it was like rally all the people who read percy jackson in fifth grade it's usually fifth. i read it in third grade i've been a percy jackson fan for a long long time oh should we mention that um the movie oh my gosh it's been all over the news but um so they're finally making a decent percy jackson series we hope (laughs) um because it's been a long time since the movies came out and the movies were very disappointing. Tell, tell me about your disappointment with the movies. Well, the movies, I could rant forever on them. But most, my biggest thing is the plot holes or lack of plot and the and the actors. The actors, I mean, obviously it's not their fault the movies were searching for actors that were that old. How old they, were they? They were 17. Oh and then by the next time the, time the next movie came out, they were 20. And then another weird thing is they died. Annabeth's hair dyed her hair blonde in the second movie, but in the first movie, she had dark brown hair. It was probably because everyone got so mad after the first movie. Well, yeah, but what what was her what was dyeing her hair blonde gonna fix? Yeah. Well, so okay, so tell and her us hair that- wasn't even curly; it was like slightly wavy. Honestly, her hair looked so bad in the second movie. Oh my gosh. Like, don't dye someone's hair blonde. But we do have hope for the future because now. Because they just, because Rick Riordan is on, like, the, um, he famously was not involved in the movies. He's, he's playing a big part in the production of the new series, which is scheduled for late 2022 or early 2023. Similar to the Ari and Dante movie. But, um, anyway, that's not what we're talking about right now. Um, but they just cast Walker Scobell as Percy Jackson, I don't know what their deal was with hair, but um, he has good hair. He has the Percy hair. He just doesn't have black hair. Maybe they'll darken it. I mean, it. but the thing is, Rick Riordan, I don't remember him. It always is, He always said dark hair. And a lot of authors say that, but he. Ne- I don't think he ever flat out 
maybe he did but it's not in my recent memory that he ever said he straight out said black hair no i don't think he ever did well, he might have said, said it in the hair. Heroes of Olympus. I, I think he definitely tried to, like, do makeovers on all the characters <laughs> um, in the Heroes of Olympus. But I'm pretty sure he said black hair in the Heroes of Olympus once. But Well, I hope that if they change Walker Scoble's hair color, they do it from jump. And so it's, like, consistent throughout the series. Have they cast any of the other characters? No, I check every day. But no. I hope they get a good Grover. But I'm kind of worried about what they'll do to Annabeth. Like, I'm honestly kind of scared of what Annabeth they'll choose. I feel like whatever actor they choose, it won't fit anyone's definite image of what Annabeth looks like in their mind. I mean, that's always the challenge. That is always the challenge, right? I never... Like, I know Annabeth has blonde hair in the books, but I don't know about you, but I never actually imagined her with blonde hair. In my mind, I did, but it was, like, a darker blonde. I feel like the characterization was always that it was in a ponytail. Like, that was a stronger uh-huh. memory no, for that's me. Her def- that's definitely her, like, thing. But, but I also saw, like, a fan casting, and the Annabeth actor had, like, super curly hair. Wait, what? You saw a what? Like, it was, like, a fan casting. And she had this super curly blonde hair that was in, like, a ponytail. If, they, if they're gonna get an Annabeth character with just, like, straight blonde hair, I will be happy. Like, the curly stuff does not really matter to me. Like, Alexandra Daddario had her long brown hair. That I was not happy with. But if she does have curly hair, I'd be surprised if they pick someone with really, like, tight curls that are, like, going everywhere. I think I, if I was casting the series, I would do, like, white. Like, not, like, to really tight ringlets, but, like, just waves. Oh, I'm so excited. That's there's not that far away. There are some people who have, like, really thick... I feel like you always have... You have really thick hair, or you have, like, really thin hair. But anyway. Well, that's super exciting. And then, so what else in the Rodin universe? Oh, what about the Cervantes book? Oh, yeah. I looked that up on my Kindle. I don't remember what it was about, but it sounded good. So J.C. Cervantes, who wrote... She wrote what? The Stormrunner series. She wrote, which you adored. I adore... I love a couple, that series. A year or two ago. You adored, and you were rereading it last year. I was! So she... It again, this timing is just amazing. She just came out with her first young adult novel, and it's called Flirting with Fate. So that's awaiting you on your Kindle. So that'll be fun. Okay. And the other Rick Warden universe... Oh, can I see? Yeah. Um, so... Reed Riordan just came out with their first young adult novel by Daniel Jose Older. It's called Ballad and Dagger. The synopsis was really complicated. I don't really know how to say it because I haven't read the book yet. I'll give a synopsis when I read the book, but it sounds so good. And then Reed Riordan posted like a, it was like a pre, like a sneak peek. And I read it, and it sounds really good. Oh my There's gosh. a dead body in the first chapter, so Oh my gosh, wait, so did they post the whole first chapter? Or just mm-hmm. a couple pages? They, they posted the whole first chapter. How does it And the feel... cover art is so oh my gorgeous. Gosh. Like, I mean, don't judge a book by its cover. But, but beautiful art helps. Yeah. I mean, so how does it, does it feel like a Rodenverse thing? Like, how, how does it feel different because it's for an older audience? Or does it feel like a natural progression? It like, feels what it... a bit more harsh. Mm-hmm. But um, I read an article about it, and it was talking about how there was, like, this sunken island that disappeared. And I was like, ooh, fun. And so, yeah. Well, that's super exciting. And then, um, I think it came out just a couple days ago, so we got to get that for you, huh? Mm-hmm. That's it. Ooh, I had one more question. So there's this book that's been on your shelf for several years called Holes by Louis Sechar, which I don't think oh, you've read. we read a book. Um, but, but, yeah, you yeah, mentioned so the class- author the other day, yeah. I, I mentioned him the other day because we read, we read a book by him in class from the 1980s. So that's from a long time ago. 
I bet you or Papa read it when you were a kid. No, I never did. You've read it? That's okay. why I want to hear about it. It's called There's a Boy in the Girl's Bathroom, and the title is extremely misleading, but that's not really what it's about. It's a very good book. Um, It's about a kid named Bradley Chalkers, and he's like a school bully. It kind of reminds me of a book we might be reading later this year, um, Restart by Gordon Corbett. It's about... Um, it's about a bully who go who falls off a roof, and so he can't remember that he was a bully, and so he like wants That's to reform. Anyway, Bradley is really mean. He doesn't do his homework. He doesn't do anything. He has no friends. Well, it actually it's actually kind of sad because his only friends are like these broken ceramic animal toys he has in his house, and he like makes up conversations for them. Mm-hmm. And there's this really sad part where his therapist, who's like helped him be like nice to everyone and like helped him get friends and stuff. When she leaves, he, like, reenact- reenacts it in the animal's own way. And his house, it was just so sad. And his sister, like, makes fun of him for doing that. Oh, that's so sad. And it was just a really sad book. But it was also really good. There were some parts that were a little weird, but... <laughs> yeah. I mean, it goes to so many of those conversations we've been having lately about bullies being broken or sad inside in some way. Yeah. Not that that means you should ever let your boundaries be crossed, right? Yeah. Anyway, the point is, the book is by Louis, Louis Sekar. Fetcher, I don't know. Does it make you want to read other stuff by him? Yeah, I might read Holes, except I read this an so many times, and I don't understand what it's trying to say. Like, they're, like something about a camp director making them dig holes for something. But, but they don't know the, why? Or like, yeah, yeah, but yeah, they don't yeah. know why. Like, I don't know why. Have you read it? No. It's like, I've been having the same reaction that you have. I, like, pick it up, look at it, and then put it back <laughs> on the shelf. And then I expect you to pick it up and read it. And then we even have it in our school library. Yeah. And in our classroom library. They and made I a movie always, out of it, too. And I, I always look at it, and I'm like, I should read this book. But then I pick it up and put it back on the shelf. Like, I just can't make myself read it. Okay. Is okay. that it? Oh, my gosh. I guess that's it. You want to sign off for your listeners? Yeah. Thanks, everyone, for listening to today's book chat. You can contact me if you have a book review suggestion at bookswithlegra at gmail.com. Bye.